I've heard a lot of people say, why are worship songs so repetitive? And I'm like, well, the psalms are repetitive, not because we forget the words, but that's how often we need to remind ourselves of the truths of it is Yahweh. He is strong and mighty. He is the King of glory. Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week, we'll tackle tough issues, answer your hard questions, and take a candid look at the Christian faith. This week, we continue our series of conversations with the Apostles music team. The Church of the Apostles is where I serve on staff. Perhaps you've attended a service or watched online, and you know how blessed we are to have our music team lead us in song each week. If you haven't, Join us in worship this Sunday on Leading the Way Live at Apostles at 10.30 a.m. We've had the chance to get to know Mac Powell, Paul Reeves, Lauren, and Jeremy Ezel. If you missed these conversations, go back and check them out. Today, I'm with Seth Rice. Seth is the newest member of the Apostles music team. Before joining us, Seth spent 10 years leading music for various churches in the Atlanta area. He's a songwriter, producer, and live studio session guitarist for many artists across different genres of music. Together, Seth shares with us a bit of his story and how God led him to serve as a music leader in the church. Join us as we take a look at Psalm 24 as the foundation for one of the most recent releases from Apostles Music called... Come and lift your head up. Check the show notes for a link to the song. Now to our conversation. Seth Rice, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on Candid Conversations. Thank you so much for coming out and uh, talking with us. Thanks for having me. Glad to be on. Seth, um, for those who don't know you, I wonder if you could just briefly introduce yourself to uh, our listening audience. Yep, my name is Seth Rice, and I'm a worship leader here at Church of the Apostles and a guitar player for several Christian artists. Seth, what was it that led you into ministry, ministry in general, and then maybe specifically into music ministry? Yeah, well, actually, is a really crazy story. I never had any intention of ever getting into ministry. I actually even remember as a teenager, my grandmother telling me that when I grew up, I was going to be a pastor. And I kind of remember laughing and I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, But ended up happening. Um, I moved down to Valdosta, Georgia. When I graduated college, got involved at a great church down there called Cross Point Church. And it was really there, being in that community down in Valdosta, that God began to kind of refine who I was, what I wanted to do, and specifically brought a lot of people around me, pastors and elders and just other people who were like, hey, we we see you with these giftings. Have you ever thought about going into ministry full time? And even at that time, I was kind of like, I don't really know. But it wasn't too long after that um, that I I joined the staff there in a part-time capacity. It was just in my being bivocational for a couple of years that finally I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I see that this is kind of what I want to give my life to, where the Lord's leading. And had a bunch of people around me that were confirming that then. And um, then I was um, ordained at that church and 
have been in pastoral ministry full-time ever since. And what were you doing before that? Yeah, I was a radiation therapist in oncology. So I actually went to school, and if cancer patients who are receiving radiation treatments, um, that's what I did for about four and a half years before I went into ministry full-time. Yeah. What were the biggest discrepancies you find? I mean, obviously there are going to be a lot, but did you find between that field and the ministry world? Yeah, well, I noticed the thing that I really enjoyed the most about being in a hospital setting was loving people, being around people in a in a really difficult time. I had an opportunity to be literal hands and feet and a face to people who were going through one of the scariest times of their life. Mm. And I was able just to show people Christ's love there. And that was probably the thing that I think overlapped in between those. Other than that, there's pretty much no similarities. I was always kind of the oddball in the medical field because I'm such an artistic person and think so artistically Even my boss there at the hospital that I worked at in Valdosta always said, hey, we know you're here on borrowed time. We know that you're going to be doing music and ministry stuff full time. Just let us know however we can support you when that time comes. So it was was a really cool way that I transitioned because I had so many people, even in the medical field, who you know, um, my coworkers at the hospital would even introduce me to patients and they would be like, this is Seth. He's actually a worship leader. He just works here with us until he does that full time. Uh, so it was a funny thing, but I noticed that that real overlap was just that general caring for people either physically and or spiritually and just being there for people. And both of those was the real overlap. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I just think of uh, they're both service oriented, mm-hmm. right? And yep. um, it's not a connection that people necessarily would make off the bat. But as you're talking about that, I'm thinking, you know, medical profession, you're serving people. Ministry, you're serving people that, you know, they might take slightly different uh, tracks and forms. But at the end of the day, that's ultimately what you're doing is serving an individual or a community or, or whatever it is. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. What about music? How did you sort of uh, step into music? Was that an early on desire of your heart? Yeah, I, I started singing and playing guitar around 15 or 16. So I actually kind of started a little later in life compared to many people. Always loved music. But when that time came, I joined a band and got really into doing original music then. So I, I had several bands that I was in and out of and always wanted to do music in a full-time capacity in some way, uh, just in those years between like 15 to 22, I played at church some, I volunteered and I did stuff like that, but I, I never really thought about being a worship leader. So I was always into music, uh, especially once I started like really playing, I played guitar in church and did different things like that, but never considered doing it as a vocation. Um, yeah. So music was always there. Something that I really loved, really enjoyed and still do obviously to this day. Your song on the apostles album is come and lift your head up. And, um, we're going to listen to a little bit of the song. Uh, but I wonder if you could take a second and just tell our listeners how they can pull this down, how they can stream it or listen to it in whatever capacity that might be. 
Yeah, uh, the song is on all of the digital music platforms, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, basically any way that you can get your hands on music, uh, you'll be able to find it there. Okay, let's listen together to Come and Lift Your Head Up. Come and lift your head up, lift your eyes. Come and lift your head up to the skies and see the glory of the King. I've heard you play this a few times at church, and I think it's such a beautiful song. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a bit about the history of Come and Lift Your Head Up. What prompted it? How did it sort of, as they say in the profession, come to life, give birth, those sorts of things? Yeah, so I have a routine that I do, I would say most mornings, that, that pretty much goes... I start every day, I read a little bit, a prayer out of the Book of Common Prayer. I read some scripture, typically something from a psalm or one of the epistles or from the gospels. And then I'll usually do some prayer and then I'll read whatever book that I'm kind of going through at that time. This particular day, um, I read Psalms 24 and was just particularly struck by just the beauty of it, how it was structured, how it was put together. And I'd heard songs based around this psalm before, but I was actually working at another job at another church at that time. The The original idea came to me a little over maybe a year and a half ago, and I was preparing to lead worship that night. And I was just looking at and reading through Psalms 24 and just that initial melody uh, just kind of came to me. I just started playing a, a little the opening riff that you hear in the song and just kind of started singing the psalm started. And it's just, I followed the melody that I was playing on the guitar and that's where you just kind of got that come and lift your head and everything else just kind of went on from there. So that was the initial idea that just sat for maybe six or eight months. And then Myself and Paul Reeves, Amy Miller, Jeremy Ezel, and his wife Lauren, we all went 
on a writing retreat last fall, and we all had different ideas for songs and um, stuff like that. One of the ideas that I had was come and lift your head up, and I basically had the verse and the pre-chorus, but I needed a chorus. So I just kind of showed them. I was like, I got this idea. I've been sitting on it for maybe seven or eight months. Y'all tell me what you think about it. So I just played it, and they were like, we love that. And I just kind of started playing what felt like the natural progression of the song, and the melody just kind of flowed. I started singing a melody on top of that. And and between uh, myself, Paul, Amy, and Jeremy, we just kind of crafted the lyrics for the chorus. So the chorus was kind of like this joint effort thing, and it it really was just such an easy song to put together, especially even though Psalms 24 is 10 verses. There's so much goodness in there to draw from. So that's pretty much how it came about, the process that we went through of writing the song and, and all that. Talk to us a little bit about Psalm 24. How does it relate to the things that we face in our current situations today and just in life in general, what should the verse be communicating to us? Do you think? Yeah, I I think the, the last few verses seven through 10 were the parts that struck me the most. And, and um, it's a Psalm of David. So David is just kind of seeing these reminders to Israel, like lift up your heads, look, to the king of glory so that he may come in. And then he he prompts these questions and he says, who is the king of glory? And he says, the Lord or Yahweh, strong and mighty, lift up your heads again. It's just this repetition of, I think so often I've heard a lot of people say, why are worship songs so repetitive? And I'm like, well, the Psalms are repetitive, not because we forget the words, but that's how often we need to remind ourselves of the truths of it is Yahweh. He is strong and mighty. He is the King of glory. Okay, Seth. So how do you feel like this song fits in with the album as a whole? Yeah. So there's four songs on this EP Two of the songs are very oriented towards personal times of suffering for the people that wrote them and just for our group collectively. But it's an interesting thing because it's a collection of four songs, two songs focused on suffering, and then there's two songs of doxology. Um, So I feel like Come and Lift Your Head Up is just this beautiful reminder of just understanding like, who is this, this King of glory, the Lord, strong and mighty, all of these things. And basically just this big doxology of the big grandness and the grandeur of who Yahweh is. And then the other song is God be praised, which is basically just saying in every single circumstance, God be praised. So it's cool to me. And we didn't even do that on purpose. It opens with these two songs of, suffering and finding joy in the Lord and the joy of the Lord being our strength and finding peace in the great shepherd. And then you have these songs that say, okay, well, in those times, lift up your head and see that it is Yahweh who is still the king of glory. And in light of that, God be praised. Mm, mm. It's a cool way. We didn't even intend on that. Filling the picture out, so to speak. Yeah. What do you feel like are the biggest challenges that are facing Christian music, worship music, if you want to call it that, today? 
You know, I think there is uh, still this age-old debate that I feel like I've been in the 10 years that I've been in ministry, it kind of seems like I can never get away from it. I would say mostly two things. It's that there's still so much of a battle between people wanting hymns and people wanting modern worship music. And then I think there there are also the songs. Uh, you have this like large groups of people who are just like, we need songs that are just so deep and doctrinally rich. And then on the other side of that, you have songs that are that are very more emotive. And the reality is in the 10 years that I've really been in ministry, I've found that we need all of that. Paul says to greet one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That pretty much encompasses it all. You know, and the reality that we need to understand that at one point in time, Amazing Grace was a new song. Right. At one point in time, Great is Thy Faithfulness was a brand new song. In the same way that we write new songs and we follow the song's command of sing a new song to the Lord. We're just trying to do what we feel is best by really equipping our body by doing songs that are that are not only scripturally and doctrinally rich, but also things that do uh, strike our emotions um, because God is a God of emotions. He has gifted us with these things so that we can respond to him accordingly. Now, we don't want to be controlled by our emotions only, but at the same time is, is when we have solid songs that can move us into worship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, really and truly, it doesn't matter if it's a hymn or if it's a brand new song. The reality is that the truths in those remain timeless, as the writer of Hebrews says, that Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have an opportunity through music to do that by both singing psalm songs and psalms from the scriptures, uh, hymns from the 15, 16, 1700s, and writing brand new songs. So we have this beautiful idea of seeing the saints um, of old and the saints today singing songs in worship to the Lord. Mm. If there was something you wanted people to get when they're listening to your song, what would you want their takeaway to be or their um, experience or emotion or whatever it is? I would say this song to me, although we have done this song a decent amount of times for corporate worship, to me, I think this is a song I would invite any person to listen to this song as a meditation. Just like I think the Psalms are, uh, they are the songbook of the Hebrew people. Uh, This is just another reiteration of that, a way to put our mind and put our mouths and our hearts to the Psalms. But I think uh, an interesting thing that about this one particularly with this song and the way that it's set musically and the arrangement and everything I would highly encourage anybody to at first listen to do it as a meditative time of worship to God. Something interesting about this song that a lot of people probably aren't even aware of is there is a break in this psalm, a, a Selah moment. 
And in the arrangement of the song, I actually wanted to do that. So if you listen, there's a verse, a chorus, a verse, and a chorus, and then there's actually a brief pause and then an instrumental uh, before the last chorus. And I actually did that intentionally because I wanted people to have a Selah moment in the song, just like the psalm has. Mm. So that's why I say listen to the song, enjoy it however you would like. (laughs) But I think one of my favorite ways is just to listen to it in a meditative way. The song is Come and Lift Your Head Up. Seth Rice, thank you for sharing with us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Jonathan. Come and lift your head up, lift your eyes. Come and lift your head up to the skies and see the glory of the King.
is King of glory, strong and mighty. Welcoming all creation, bows before Him. King of glory, Lord of hosts. Oh, who is this? Oh, Candid is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Don't forget to connect with our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And subscribe to Candid Conversations on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. While there, please leave a review. It helps people to find us. As always, thank you for listening to and sharing this episode.